Welcome to Career Tools. Today's topic, ending a conversation with a senior person. Here we go. Today, we're going to talk about how to know when to end a conversation with a senior person, which, I don't know, seems kind of simple, but we see all kinds of advice out there asking for informational interviews or talking to some senior people in your company about how to get ahead. And, oh, don't you see lots of pain there for the individual following this advice? Yeah, I do have a, a funny thing, though. When I first saw the show notes that Wendy sent me about how to end a conversation, I thought she was talking about some recent experiences I've had where people have written emails disagreeing with me about something. And I reply back and say, well, OK, here, here's my point and I want you to understand it. And and they write back, well, no, you're wrong. And here's why you're wrong. I said, well, OK isn't it great to live in a free country and live in a free world and we can disagree and sorry, we disagree, but you're a smart person. I'm a smart person and it's okay to disagree. And then the person continues to write back and says, well, but I really want you to agree with my point. I don't think you understand that you're wrong and da, 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 da. I'm saying, well, no, no. And, you know, continued to exchange emails. So, so that's what I thought this show was going to be about. And then when I got into it, I was like, oh, this is even better than that because you're right. The amount of advice you can find out there where the assumption is the senior person is just going to lay down and tell you everything you need to know and agree to be your mentor and come up with a career path, it's crazy. Now, there's a side to that that's good, which is a lot of people talk themselves out of ever approaching a senior person, right? Well, that's not good either. Yeah, but what we've got is all kinds of advisors and websites and so on telling people, you need to do this. And then suggesting by the way they suggest it be done, that every senior executive is going to be okay with the interruption or the interjection or whatever it is. And it always comes across that the junior person wants something and, and never seems to, it never seems to address that the senior person, again, may be busy or they have their own issues and needs and so on. And it just seems like it's greedy. And it comes across that way. If you're a young person and say, look, I want to get to your level someday, how do I do it? I have to say, I think most senior people are going to say, work hard and call me in 15 years. I, I don't, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And the, and the problem, of course, is if you give poor advice in this exchange, if the conversation doesn't go well, then you may have soured that situation. You may have poisoned that well, and you may not be able to use that relationship to get more information in the future. And look, what we know is one of the ways that it goes well is knowing how to end it. And so that's what this cast is about, how to end it. Yeah, it's super easy. You use three things. First of all, you ask for something small, and then you look for clues. And even really even almost before you look for clues about whether or not the conversation's over, you understand that you may not get what you want that's small, and that's okay because it is a relationship uh, or it is an exchange, and you don't necessarily have to get what you want. So ask for something small. Look for clues for when the senior person is is ready to go away and help them, help your conversational partner go away or walk away. And I think this is hard. If you walk into the conversation and you want something and you haven't gotten it yet, or you're not paying attention because you're too busy thinking about what you want, you end up irritating them. 
And there are simple ways you can do, simple things you can do to help them know that you're willing to end the conversation. Good. Now, I think it is worth reminding folks, you're not owed guidance. Just because someone has more experience than you, they don't owe it to you or anyone else for that matter to spend time imparting their wisdom. Now, It'd be nice if they do. And they, and, and frankly, most folks want to, right? But, but they don't owe it to you. Right. Yeah. And the problem is, is that, like I mentioned earlier, there's a theme in the advice that we see that, that suggests if you ask, you should be given. Oh, no, senior people are open and willing and so on. And then because they don't tell them how to have the conversation, they don't realize that they're irritating the senior person. And look, folks, we're not here to defend executives. We're not here to say, you know, they're so busy, you must tread lightly. Not at all. We just want to help you have the conversation in a way that reduces your risk and increases the chances of value occurring during the conversation. And frustratingly, for for those of you who are under, let's say, 35, who are, you know, in the first 10 or 15 years of your career and haven't yet achieved wisdom. Some of you have, and, and I envy you because I didn't at that age, but many of the senior people got to the levels they are, uh, they're at without any guidance from someone else. In fact, that's part of the reason why managers sometimes don't manage is when someone says to a manager, Hey, you you know, you really should be given some guidance and some direction to these young people and so on. And, he, and, and the guy says, look, I got my own work to do. I'm a working manager and nobody helped me when I started. That's how I learned by doing it myself and discovering, you know, what worked and what didn't work. This is, of course, dumb, but it's true. <laughs> um, not all things that are dumb are untrue. So, you know, they worked it out for themselves. They read books. They worked hard, but, you know, to some of them. And, and look, I think we would ask them to be better than that. Uh, we would ask them to be to be respectful of the ask. We would ask them to smile and take a couple of minutes and go late to the next meeting or to get your email address or to share there so they can so the person who asks benefits so that the word gets around that hey, senior people will give you five minutes. You know, I'd love it if I could wave a wand and get every single, single, every senior person to give up five minutes when these questions got asked, not always to agree to mentor, but at least to give up five minutes to say, well, here, here's what I know. Here's what I think. And of course, it's always better if they know you, but it's true. There are plenty of senior people who aren't going to be forthcoming or who get a little bit irritated and you asking will make them more irritated. The very fact that you're asking for a shortcut may irritate them. So our first recommendation is don't ask for something big during your first conversation. You know, you're at an offsite, let's say, and you see the VP of engineering and she's standing on her own for a second. And look, she's probably got her face buried in an iPhone or a Blackberry. Okay, fine. Okay. Don't go up to her, introduce yourself and say, Hey, I want to be where you are. Can you help me create a development plan? You know, so I can be a VP like you. (laughs) That's a quick 20 second conversation there. Oh, sure. I'll just, I'll just spit some ink out of my mouth onto the page and it'll be perfect. Right. The poor woman here has two choices. Say no and potentially hurt your feelings and add to the sense that senior people are unapproachable. And she doesn't want to do that. The vast majority of folks don't no, do that, right? It just creates a sense of obligation. It's oh, painful. Yeah. Or say yes and pick up a whole lot of work for herself for someone she doesn't know if she doesn't know you and probably hasn't even decided whether or not she likes you yet. And that's a, that's part of being a mentor as well. And look, guys, 
Some of you are smart enough, but many of you cannot say, oh, Mark, oh, Mike, oh, Wendy, I would never do this. We get emails all the time asking questions, which would take us hours to answer and would take days of coaching. And we've never met people. And so people do. They do. They ask questions like, I need to write you a five-page letter to explain my situation and then like a seven-step plan. Wow. I mean, wow, that's a lot. So we ask, we recommend you ask something small, something that's easy to answer in just one, two, three minutes. For example, I'm thinking about my career. Have you got a few minutes to tell me what path you took and if you'd recommend it? Right. And by the way, don't tell them you want to get to their level. That irritates senior people, many of them. I don't think it would irritate me. I hope it wouldn't. Although people don't ask to get to my level because I'm not at a senior level at a big company, which is how people tend to think of important levels. What it does is it makes it about the role, the role power and the money that that person gets. And but many of them, the smarter ones will say, so don't worry so much about level. Worry about your, the, the right level, the right role in the organization, which allows you to use your skills most completely. So it's a small thing. But just, again, ask for something small. Okay? Now, if she's clearly done at the end of the answer that she gives you, then say thank you. And politely excuse yourself. Say, wow, I really appreciate this. And I, I know you're busy. I know you don't have any time. Thank you so much. I'll let you go. That's it. And it's based on whether or not you think she's clearly done. If she's not done, then of course, carry on the conversation. Again, though, now keeping in mind a small bite at a time so that, you know, in other words, don't ask a question that takes two minutes to ask, then requires eight minutes to answer. If in fact, you don't feel the conversation's over, say, can I ask something? Right now I'm in this role. Is it a good idea to me to broaden now or could I wait a little longer? And then they can say, well, I broaden now or I'd wait a little longer. And then if you feel like, okay, my second question pushed her a little bit, you see her following some of these clues, you know, you see her dropping some of these clues we're going to share with you in a moment about when the conversation's over. Then you can say, okay, thanks so much. I I know you're busy. I really appreciate this. And by the way, you don't even have to ask for an email. If there's someone who's nice enough, they'll actually say, I'm in the directory. Send me an email uh, if you have other questions. And, and if I can help, you know, if I got a minute, I'll be happy to help. They'll much more likely do that if you've asked for something small and you've been sensitive enough to let them go from the conversation. If you go up and you ask, you are totally devoid of any context around their schedule. And you say, hey, can you develop me, a, you know, write me a development plan, you know, off the top of your head that'll last me for 20 years, they're going to, they're going to be wary of you. And and look, I'm not saying it's right that they're going to be wary of you, but I'll, I'll admit it. I would be, if I were an executive, if I were a VP of engineering and somebody came up and wanted a big answer, I'd say, yeah, that's hard, you know? And then that you keep peppering me and there's no sense that you understand that I'm, I'm late to something, even though I'm sending you all kinds of messages. If you sent me another email, I'd be like, oh, I don't want to meet this guy. I don't want to meet this guy in my office because he comes to my office. I'll have to actually ask him at some point, I'm sorry, I have to go. You'll have to excuse me. Yeah. You mentioned, you know, if they look antsy, right? Well, how do you know if she looks antsy? I mean, this is, this is career tools after yeah. also specifically, what are some things you can look for? I love this because I I really love 
interpersonal clues, interpersonal behaviors. You know, we always get into these kind of things at the con- at the effective communications conference. But look, the first one is if you're talking to a senior person and you're asking for something that's not part of a meeting, you're asking for additional help, career help particularly, if they look away from you for more than a few seconds when you're talking or when she's talking, I mean, literally talking and looking over your left shoulder, over your right shoulder and not making eye contact, particularly if their head stays still, but their eyes are moving. In other words, they're looking at other things. Now, it's okay if they look down and pause and seem to be reflecting. But when people look away from you for several seconds while they're talking and their eyes are moving, it means they're looking at something else. And they, they may very well be looking at somebody across the room who's waiting for them to join a meeting. That's one thing. Another thing, and uh, you know, this is one of those clues that I understand has gotten muddy, but it's looking at your watch. Okay, now look, here, here are the problems. First of all, a lot of people, younger people, don't wear watches. So they don't recognize what somebody's doing when a senior person, who generally speaking, wear watches, they don't understand what they're doing when they're looking at their watch. The other thing is, I know a lot of people who look at their phone constantly to check for mail and check for text messages or are getting Facebook updates. And so are constantly checking their phones. Folks, if you've asked a senior person, for two minutes of their time, they're not always checking their phone to check mail or Facebook or anything else. They're checking the time on their phone. <laughs> and when two or three minutes have gone by, they're going to engage in some of these other clues in many, many cases. So if they look at their watch or look at their phone, that's why they're done or they're trying to be done or they're either subliminally or directly sending you a clue. I'd like to be done. I'm very busy. Something else, that's two. Something else they do. Again, I don't see why people don't get this. Really, really vague, really noncommittal answers like, oh, really? Or, "Uh uh-huh, or okay. And if you get a lot of that, a lot of people who are nervous when they talk to a senior person see those things as being goads to continue because they're not negative. Oh, really? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Sure. What they're actually doing is trying to speed the conversation along, okay? And they're disengaging from the conversation. So it's another one. And I'm amazed that people miss that one. Uh, let me let me take that back. I wasn't amazed when I was 25 because I probably made that mistake myself. But nowadays, I try very hard to send messages. And the number of people who come up to me after a meeting that I'm at a decline or something, and I start putting stuff in my briefcase and I zip up my briefcase and I put on my coat and I stand in front of them with my briefcase in my hand and I go, huh? Uh-huh. <laughs> and I look at my watch and they're still talking to me. Now there's a part of me, a, a friend of mine, a, a client once said, be thankful that they seem to think that you're somebody who really wants to help. And of course now I want them. I, I mean, I do, I want to help. And many senior people just have too much to do. But I'm amazed that people, you don't even get a flicker in their eye that they're aware of what you're doing. The next thing, and this happens to be one of my favorites because we have a cast about it and we talk about how to, how to be effective in a conversation, is when the senior person, person finishes his or her part of the conversation and doesn't ask you a question to send the tennis ball back over the net so that you can tell it's your turn to talk. And if, in fact, you ask a question, what should I do, X or Y? And they say, well, based on those situations, I think X. If you said, I only have a moment, 
or I, I know you only have a moment and you ask one question, X or Y, and I say, well, based on your situation and this and that and so on, I think X, the conversation's done, right? Right. And the way they would show you it's still a conversation, they'd say, well, I think X, does that make sense to you? Or can you see why X is superior to Y? Right. Then it would be a, com- it would be continuation. But, but if there's no question back, you could say, oh, wow, that's great. That was brief and exactly what I wanted. Thank you so much. You shake hands and you walk away and you say, I definitely want to give you your time back. So thank you. I'll tell you another one that, that I'll tell you a lot of assertive people don't see is when the senior person takes a step back or more than one step back or away from you. It's not because they're intimidated by you, most likely. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, generally, I don't think that's the case. <laughs> the, the issue is, is they're trying to disengage and they're trying to send you a subtle message. I'm trying to disengage. Assertive people, the high D's and I's, those of you who know DISC, they won't notice it. You'll just keep moving forward because this happens to you all the time in day-to-day life where you can walk somebody all the way across the room, particularly an S or a C. Who's, yeah, and you'll follow them even if they're running away. Intimidating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if they physically disengage, and I think in this one you could also add they turn their body away from you while looking away, right? If that happens, if you feel like they're physically less engaged, then then they're trying to disengage. And folks, this is where... You know, in my case, I like to joke at conferences and when I coach people, I like to have a little mark sitting on my shoulder, helping me see the part of the conversation that I'm not in, which is the big picture, right? In the conversation, I'm in the exchange of ideas mode, right? Somebody asked me a question or I'm asking a question of someone, but you need to be aware of how the other person's behaving. And, and, and in fact, that's something we teach at the Effective Communications Conference. And then the last one, and this one is kind of a no-brainer. I'm amazed the number of times I've done this and the other person doesn't do it in tandem with me, which is if you were sitting down, if they stand up, I mean, if you're in their office and they stand up and they were behind their desk and they stand up, the conversation's over. If you're at a meeting at the end of a meeting and you're sitting down together and they stand up, conversation's over. And look, guys, I'm not suggesting we get to decide and we're being rude. Not at all. You came up, you asked us for a couple of minutes. We gave you a couple of minutes and now we're standing up and we're doing what is the polite, the ladylike or gentlemanly thing to do, which is sending you physical and verbal clues that we believe we've completed our part of the conversation and it's time to end it. You know, you're asking for something that's a little bit extra. We're willing to help. And now we're asking for you to protect, to respect our schedule. So they don't mean to be rude. And look, sometimes they are, they stand up too soon or they walk away too soon. That happens. But these are all clues that are designed to help you see it's time now for this conversation to be over because I have needs of my own. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. The number of times folks have come up to me and, and asked me about in this kind of situation where the senior person they thought was rude. And once you, you walk through the situation a little bit, you go like, dude, that person sent you five clues that they were yeah, done. And exactly. you chose to ignore them. And when she finally decided she had enough and she had to go to another meeting, had you to got go. your feelings hurt. Yeah. Pay attention or to get the angry. messages. Yeah. Not her fault. Yeah, exactly. It's, I mean, this will sound terrible. 
Well, okay. It's, I was about to say that it's, it's the junior person being clueless, which is, I'm sorry, that's not nice, but not being situationally aware. And they want you to be situationally aware. They, they believe they've given you plenty of clues that are normal, professional, interpersonal communication style clues that everyone ought to know. But oftentimes when we are talking to more senior people, we do get a little bit tunnel vision about getting our question answered. And we understand that. I'll give you my personal take on this. And folks, this isn't in the show notes, but if you come to a conference or if I meet you in an airport or, you know, you're, you're a manager at a client that I'm at and you come up to me and I promise you, I use all these clues and maybe it's because there's a line behind you and you don't realize it wanting to ask me questions. I want to answer every question I get. I do. I like it. I like being able to help. I don't want you to do the dumb things I did early in my career and even later in my career. I don't. And I promise you guys, if you say to me, if you ask me a question and I, I don't understand it really. And so I ask three or four questions of, of clarification. And then I realize this is a pretty big question. They're asking me, this is not a yes or no. It's not a, here's the one cast you need to read or, Oh, that's easy. You just need to do this from now on. And your boss will love you. If I say to you, do you know what? This is harder than, than, you know, this is a little bit more complex. Would you please send me an email? And if need be, we'll chat about it. Folks, I'm not trying to disengage myself so that I won't answer your question. We've got thousands of people who have sent me emails and I, I've spent time on the phone with them when I, when I felt the phone was necessary. But if I say, would you please send me an email with a question? That's not me trying to disengage forever or trying to avoid answering the question. It's because of my schedule. It's because of somebody standing behind you. It's because your boss is my client and I have to go talk to him or her. And I assure you, I want to get your email. So please don't take that as me just disengaging from your question. It's probably logistical around the context that I'm in at that moment. And if you'll send me an email, I'll answer it by email. That's my particular case. Now, the senior person is sending subtle messages that we're encouraging you to pay attention to. And and folks, just so you know, if they're sending subtle messages and you're not picking up on them, they're making a judgment. I'm sorry, it's true. I mean, there there is there yes. is this you know situational awareness that is important in managerial and executive circles. And if that's where you want to go, you have to demonstrate that situational yep. awareness. Okay, so we're we're encouraging yeah. you to pay attention here. Now, how do you help them? I mean, you, you talked our third point of helping yeah. your conversation partner walk away. How do we help them? Yeah. Well, I got to tell you, we've seen it. We've seen senior people who don't feel empowered to walk away when a conversation is taking time they don't have and isn't benefiting them. They've listened to the guidance that, quote, they should be available. And that actually makes it worse because then they listen to somebody who is disrespectful. That's probably too strong a word. I apologize, guys, but who's disrespectful of their time. And suddenly they're locked into a 20 minute conversation. And then at that long, when they say, really, I'm sorry, I have to go again, the person who is situationally unaware then is much more likely to get their feelings hurt or to spread rumors that, well, that person's rude after the, after the senior director, or the vice president or whatever took 20 minutes that she didn't have to answer questions that really weren't all that on point anyway. So that's why we're doing this cast to get to, to allow you to have them leave the conversation and go, wow, that guy was quick. He was brief. He was respectful of my time. And he asked me a question that I could answer. They dig you. If you do that, there's no question. They're going to say, wow, sharp guy, you know, brief, direct to the point, 
if he asks me another question in another meeting that we're both at at the end of the meeting, I'm totally going to spend a minute with him. No problem. On the other hand, if you're the guy who takes 20 minutes, sorry, guys. I mean, we're human. And so we'll say, oh, oh, there he is. There he is. He's the one. Can I sit over here? And you say to your, your buddy, dude, sit here next to me and sit up really tall. And I'm going to sit real small so that he can't see me because that guy, he asks questions and he never stops. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's true. It happens. Okay. But look, it's simple, guys. If you're situ- situationally aware, as Mike said, at the first hint of any antsiness, any, any disengagement at all from the senior person, give them an out. And as I say, you'll be loved. And being loved gets more of what you want in the future. This isn't a one-shot deal. It's not your only chance to talk to this person. You don't have to milk it for every last drop. Really, this is the beginning of a relationship, potentially. And beginnings are delicate times. So tread lightly. So say something. The moment you sense that they're busy, they're looking at their watch, they're edging away, they're looking over your shoulder while their eyes are moving and so on, say something like, Thank you so much. You've been very helpful. I won't keep you any longer. Or, hey, thanks for taking a minute. I really appreciate it. I'll let you back. Right? And by the way, what I do when that happens is I typically, if you, I, if this were video, I would show you, I would take a step back with my left foot and put my right hand up with my palm toward them, not, not with my fingers rigid, but my fingers soft. And I would physically disengage and say, thank you so much. And I know you're busy and I'll let you get back. And I will physically move my torso, uh, my upper body away from them so that they know I'm really, truly disengaging. Now, look, if they say, well, there's one more thing, okay, take the one more thing and then say, and then just nod and say, thank you. I've taken way too much of your time. Bless you. I got to go. Right. And it's so easy. And I have to tell you when it happens, you think, oh, dude, you are awesome. <laughs> and and I've done it. I've been at conferences. A guy comes up and says, you got a line. I'm just going to be brief. One question. Da, da, da. And you answer the question and they go, oh yeah, you're right. And the, and the guy says, you know what? Thank you so much. I'll let you go. And I turn to the guy and I say, look, anything you ever need, send me a mail. There you go. As a way of saying, I like you. You're going to be respectful of me. That's the way you can form a relationship. And I have. There have been people who came to conferences over the years that, you know, they exchange emails. And we've talked about those people that we become friends with because they ask a question and, and, and they stay in touch with us politely and nicely and reach out every once in a while and keep us on the back burner. And then when they need a quick question answered, they ask it. And I, I put them at the top of my list. Right. And he realized that there's a lot more value in the relationship than there is in the immediate transaction. Yes. Great way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to hint for a longer relationship. Don't put that burden on that senior person. You send him a thank you note or a thank you email and just thank you. No, No more questions because thank you notes don't have questions in them. But you say, the way I start the relationship is making the first interaction a great one for them rather than getting as much as I possibly can. That's the key. And then again, next opportunity comes up, you do the same thing. Small bites, no pressure, no burden. And once they like you, then you can burden them a little bit more because that's what relationships are about. If you have a relationship, you can share burdens. Yeah. Let me, let me share one thing. It's not in the show notes. But I want to add a point here, which is follow through on any commitments you make during that brief conversation. <laughs> I, I, I had an individual one time, it's long, it's long time ago, folks. And my organization was known for doing kind of new technology. So at the time it was client server kind of stuff. Okay. Most of the stuff was on mainframes at the time. And this individual right. came up to me several levels down the organization and wanted to be one on, on one of these 
kind of new age technology projects. And so I asked them, I said, well, okay, great. What have you done to prepare yourself for that? Have you done any reading? Have you done any, you know, kind of preparation, yeah. self, self-education? And he said, no. Right? He said, no. Well, I, okay, I wasn't impressed about that, but okay. I gave him the benefit of the doubt. I said, okay, here's some resources you can use to go educate yourself and prepare yourself for an opportunity should it come up. And so that was kind of the end. That was, he said, okay, that was the end of the conversation. Well, four months later, I run into him in the hallway, right? He looks at me, clearly wants to say something. So I say, I'm being polite. I say, hey, how's it going with that, that research you're doing? And you know what's coming, right? He hadn't done huh. anything. He hadn't read any anything. of the three books that I had suggested. He hadn't looked at some open source stuff I, I suggested he could look at. And guess what? At that point, that was the end of it, right? So if, right. if somebody senior to you is going to take time, have the conversation, make suggestions, and just be prepared next time you talk to them, they're going to ask you what you've done. So if you commit to something or, or you get advice, well, follow it or don't be shocked if they're not willing to give you more in the future. Right. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. That's part of the relationship thing, right? We do what we say we're going to do. We respect each other enough to follow each other's recommendations. Yeah. There. Good. That's it. So three things, folks. Earn your guidance by asking right. Look, look for clues, right? Hopefully we shared enough clues. I really enjoy those. I use those kind of conversational things all the time. You know, make sure you ask for something small and then help your conversation partner walk away. Look, I mean, I think all of us in our head have an idea that, uh, and, and we hear senior people say all the time about what's the best advice you ever got and so on. And so we wish for that magic moment when a mentor can change our career. Those of us who have been around a while, that, that's really not how it happens. Your wisdom is probably built on many, 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 many small things over time. And then you connecting them in interesting and effective ways when you're being creative. You're not missing out if you don't have that one big revelatory uh, conversation with an executive. You know, the future is not plastics, folks. Be patient. Earn the relationship. Be sensitive in the beginning. Be considerate in the beginning. And you'll develop a lot more relationships in the long run, which will make a difference. Because relationships do make a difference in your career. Yeah, they do. All right, my friend. That's it. Thank you. You bet, partner. We'll see you. Bye. Thanks, everyone. That's it. We'll see you next week. In the meantime, have a great one. So long.